Learn to trade stocks successfully. Learn to profit consistently. I'm Ryan Mallory, and on my weekly podcast, I'm going to teach you the ins and outs of a complex, ever-changing stock market. You will learn to trade better, trade smarter, and profit bigger. Now, let's go trade. Hey, everyone. This is going to be my second podcast, and I'm actually really excited about uh, continuing on with some of the, the lessons that we, we talked about last week and how it applied to the market. And if you remember last week, the market was kind of dull. I mean, the Dow was still going into that you know epic ramp of like 12 straight days higher. It was in the midst of that, but it wasn't like really crazy, you know, knock your socks off, major rallies. Uh, on each day, it was really just really dull, low volume um, market rallies. In fact, I think there was had, there has been like like ten or eleven eleven day winning streaks for the stock market, and I think this eleven day rally here was like the second weakest ever eleven day rally on record. So even though we rallied for like eleven days straight, it wasn't what you would call overly impressive considering the fact it was 11 straight days and we were only up I think like 3.8 percent I think overall it was like a four percent rally or something like that but um you know this 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 market with with a little bit of the dullness I mean yeah we weren't dipping at all and every time that we we rallied or we sold off we would we would rally before the end of the day but nonetheless though today was a much different day we had the it wasn't a State of the Union address. It was a joint address to Congress, I guess, because he hasn't been the president. Donald Trump hasn't been the president long enough. He doesn't really have a reason to give a State of the Union address. And really, it's just a joint address to Congress. And he had a speech that really, I think, took everybody by surprise. But, you know, I, I know that everybody has extreme views of Donald Trump and everything. And I when I do this podcast or when I talk about them in relationship to the market, it is not about whether I'm Republican or whether I'm for him or whether I'm against him or, or what or whatnot. That's not what I trade for. I trade to make profits. I trade to build my capital. I trade to help other traders do the same. And so my opinion of Donald Trump or any public official is really irrelevant when it comes to trading, the only opinion that matters is how does it relate to trading and how does it make me more profitable? So um, looking at the speech from that standpoint, there was nothing really wrong with the speech. I mean, nothing to uh, rattle the markets at all. In fact, if you followed the futures last night during the um, speech, you would see that he wasn't causing any real sharp reactions in the futures uh, markets. So that was a good sign and it stayed in positive territory the entire time. And then obviously we woke up to a nice solid gap higher. And, and then from there we rallied like another 15, 20 points to finish about 32 points higher on the S and P today. So the other thing that was significant about that rally today was, is it was the first time in 50 trading sessions, almost a quarter of a year where the S and P traded within, within a one percent range so today we actually traded outside of that one percent range we we went well above that one percent range that was the first time in 50 days that's an all-time record the record before that was 34 days so we pretty much 
broke the record by like an additional 50%. And uh, that was, that just shows you how kind of like dull this market has been. There's been no volatility. And even with this rallying 32 points, it, it still should be said is this market can't pull back. Nobody is willing to sell off this market for any extended duration of time. And from a profitability standpoint, that's great. From a long-term standpoint, man, I wish we could just get a little bit of consolidation and, and, and a pullback just so that we could get some reset on some of these prices. I would be thrilled if we could get a 5% pullback. And that's probably the most realistic uh, expectation at this standpoint. That might be a little bit too steep. But if I really had it my way, I'd probably say let's let's get like a 20% pullback. I think that would be great. Um, it would put a lot of stocks back into a lower price range, make some of these stocks like Facebook, Netflix, Amazon, Google, Apple, uh, Tesla, uh, Microsoft, GE, Caterpillar. It would just bring a lot of these stocks back to a little bit more of a realistic area make it to where they can start growing a little bit faster again because once they base, you know, following a significant pullback, they'll break out pretty hard too. But, uh, you know, that's that's not here and that's not now. So we have to trade what the market is giving us. And while I would love a market to be able to short, that's not that's not what we have. That's not the cards that are being dealt. And so if you're dealt a straight, you can't play it like it's a flush. And um, when you have a market that's bullish, you can't treat it like it's bearish. Because that's how you lose capital. And really, it's a stupid way to, to lose capital. You will lose endless sums of capital if you think that your opinion of the market is more important than what the market is saying it's wanting to do or what, what its direction is. So don't hold tight to those opin opinions. Don't have the conviction of your opinions when it comes to trading. I know that sounds crazy because... They say in life, yeah, you got to have a conviction. You got to go with your heart, or you got to go with your gut, or you got to trust yourself. No, in trading, don't do that. Don't do that at all. That is a really bad idea, and one that will not will. It has. It has led to the destruction of many traders. Because you want to know what the conviction of a trader leads you to do when you think that you are going, you have to be right on this, and you have the conviction behind it. You double down on stocks, and when it doesn't work, you triple down, and then you quadruple down, and then you quintuple down, and you just keep putting more and more capital into it until you lose everything you have. That's how destruction is done. That is how uh, capitulation is done, is by having too strong of a conviction towards the market. So opinions about Donald Trump, if you think he's going to wreck the market or if you think he's going to be great for the market, don't hold on to those convictions. Just let the market tell you what it wants to tell you. If you let the market tell you what it wants to tell you, you will learn so much. You will, you will find so many more trading opportunities. And if you trade with the conviction that the market is giving you rather than the conviction that you're trying to give yourself, Man, that, that's powerful right there. That, that's how you really start to have consistent profitability when, when you think of yourself less and you think of the market more because the market is going to always have the final say-so. It's not your good instincts. It's not your uh, conviction to hold on to a stock when it's clearly running against you or to just, you know, if there's a heavy sell-off, to just blindly buy the dip just because... You think you might be able to make a buck or two off of it. That's the kind of stuff that's going to 
to ruin you. And I don't want that for you. I really do want you to succeed. I, I, I think that trading is something that everybody can attain, that they can all be successful at. That's not me trying to sell you on a rah-rah, uh, uh, you know, be whatever you want to be thing. No, it's not that. It's just trading has everything to do with denying yourself, denying your ego, denying your convictions, and trading with what the market's willing to do. Okay, what it's willing to give you, what it's saying the opportunities are at. And uh, if you do that, you will be profitable. So uh, an another thing, too, that I think a lot of traders fail to see is, is that you can't have perfect trades all the time or really most of the time. You're just not going to. So I bought JPM earlier this month, and I think I bought it at something like 80 $86 or something like that. I don't have the trade in front of me. I probably should have had that in front of me, but uh, I don't. But I, I think it was like $86 a share. Let me see if I can maybe pull it up here. Um, and, and the trade has done very well for me. Here it is. On February 10th, I bought it at $87.21. And yeah. At one point, I think I was having about 4% in gains or so. It was a good trade. <clears throat> and then yesterday, it pulled back on me. I mean, And if you remember, the market did pull back some. I think it pulled back like 8 to 9 points yesterday. And a lot of the bank stocks started off the day in negative territory. They weren't doing too good. And so I had continuously raised my stop loss in JPM probably like three or four times. And I came in today with about 4% in gains, and then it sold off about 1% or so. And it took me out of my stop loss, okay? I, when, it, when that happened, I had a little bit of a belief that, yeah, it'll probably come back just because that's what the market has done. But those stop losses are there to keep you out of significant trouble, to keep you from holding on to a stock longer than you should. Now, are they perfect? Absolutely not. Stop losses aren't. But there's... the the most successful traders will will be more than happy to tell you that their successful trades are not perfect trades. They're not. And so JPM, I get stopped out of it yesterday. I get stopped out at $89.67. And then what does it do? It climbs higher the rest of the day. It actually finished yesterday in the green. So then we have the Trump speech last night. And then we wake up, and what is all the banks doing? They are rallying in the term of Donald Trump bigly. And uh, JPM ends up going up 3.3%. So had I not been stopped out, I would be probably looking at about 6.1% in gains. That is a really good return for a big bank like JPM. <clears throat> so... Yeah, that 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 wasn't a perfect trade. It was a profitable trade, but it wasn't a and it doesn't hurt me at all because I made profits on that trade. But it wasn't a trade that really made me feel good when I see the following day how not only the day before did it rally back after stopping me out and it only went like eight cents below my stock price or my stop loss. So that's also a little bit of an insult to injury. But it goes today up three point three percent. And closes the day at 93.60. I would still be holding on to it if I hadn't gotten stopped out. I'd want to see if it could keep on running. But there's not, there's not 
always the perfect trade. Sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll get out at that very top, and I guess you could call that the perfect trade. But by and large, your trading in the stock market is not going to be perfect. Your profits are not going to be perfect. There's three things that you have to do. And in the next podcast, I'll probably dig into these um, much more. But for the for sake of this podcast, I really wanted to dig into this JPM trade and uh, and what it did. And so, but, but the three elements that I want to talk about, you know, in the weeks to come is trade what you see. And this is really the three elements to successful trading. And these are basically all my years of trading. These are the three things that I truly believe will make you a better trader. You have to embrace them. You have to believe them and you will become a better one. And they're not hard concepts. Not at all. It doesn't take a genius. But the first one, just like I had just said, trade what you see. Okay, that means you don't think of think what you believe the market should do or what you think that it ought to do or what your economic outlook is on the market or what your belief of Donald Trump is as president or whether he's going to nuke the whole world or, you know, be the greatest president to ever exist. Okay, you got to put those opinions beside what you have to look at is trading what you see. What is the market telling you? Okay, the second one manage the risk. Okay. As long as I have this podcast, I am going to inundate you constantly with that. Those, those three words, manage the risk. Okay. That is the most important thing about trading. Okay. And the third one, you'll like the third one. Okay. Because by doing the first two, the third one basically is self-fulfilling. It's called profits will take care of themselves. So trade what you see, manage the risk. And the profits will take care of themselves. Okay, but the profits can only take care of themselves if you trade what you see and manage the risk. And I'll dig into these in the weeks ahead because I really want to spend a lot of time on each one of these elements and why I believe that these are so fundamental. But back to the JPM trade. Had I ignored my stop loss, would it have benefited me today? Yes. It would have absolutely, I would have doubled my return on the trade. Instead of it being a 3% gain on the trade, it would have been over 6%. And maybe even more if the market rallies tomorrow. But would it have been a disciplined trade? No, it would not have been. I moved up my stop loss consistently every, every time there was an opportunity to do so. JPM had a key support level, in my opinion, that was right around the, the, uh, 8967 level, which is where I got stopped out at. Uh, I believe that if it had broken through 8967, that it would be synonymous with possibly a bigger pullback in the stock or in the market because it was a nice short term support level. There was no reason not to put the stop loss there. Uh, but like like anything with trading, I mean, you can have outlying factors, you know, like, for instance, earnings. That's why I don't trade earnings, because I think earnings pretty much trumps anything that you see technically on the chart. If you don't believe me, then just look at the stock chart today at PANW, where they pretty much, you know, lopped off a quarter of the stock's value because of a bad earnings report. Um, and before that, it had actually been a pretty bullish chart. But uh, I moved it up to the right place on the chart, the stop loss, that is, and uh, it got triggered yesterday. And like I said, I could have ignored it, and it would have been very undisciplined for me, but 
for that particular trade, it would have been very profitable. But going forward, that lack of discipline will come back to haunt you on other trades because for every one of those JPMs out there, there's going to be something that's going to sell a big, big, big. And if you ignore your stop losses and don't take it early when you can, you're going to suffer the consequences because not all stocks come back. Not all stocks. um, Just look at Chipotle. That stock is in the cellar ever since the, you know, food was killing people episode that, that was going on there. You don't, you don't want to get caught in those situations. You don't want to get stuck in a GoPro. You don't want to get stuck in a Fitbit or a Twitter and just, you know, have ignored your stop losses when the stock was much pro- higher and find yourself now in a stock that can't go anywhere and you're down 50, 60% on it because that can happen. And you don't think it can happen to to the JPM? Then just look at what some of the uh, stocks have done of late and some of these other companies uh, – Look at Deutsche Bank. I mean, this this is a company that kind of like JPM, nobody thought anything like that could, you know, ever happen. But yeah, back in 2015, this stock was trading at $35 and it's been as low as $12 over the past year or thir- yeah, $12 over the over the past year. So that is a stock that has lost two thirds of its value. It's trading at $20, but it's still, you know, way off of its all time high. So that's why you have to pay attention to these stop losses, because I might have um, missed out on a 3% gain by taking my stop loss on additional 3% gain by taking my stop loss on JPM. But there's going to be a trade down the road that because I took my stop loss on it, I avoided a 50 or 60% sell off over time. And uh, that is huge. I mean, I can't, that, that's, the diff, that's one of the biggest differences between a profitable trader and a non profitable trader is that the profitable trader consistently takes his losses and makes them stay small. He doesn't take big losses. He or she doesn't take big losses. And that's what's one thing I pride myself at. You look at my losses for February, I had some I had some really good gains. I had gains like six percent in uh, uh FLEX and seven percent in Baidu and you know, so those were some there were some some good trades in February, but then my losses were like 0. 0.4, 1.6, 0. 0.5, uh, 2.1, 0. 0.7, 1.9, and 0. 0.9. And so I've always managed to keep my stop stops pretty tight and my risk management even tighter. And so that when I do take a loss, they're, they're, they're small losses and they don't affect the overall value of the portfolio. And that's what I'm trying to get with at JPM. Yeah, it, it sucks that I got stopped out yesterday and then it only turns around and goes back higher. But that there's not going to be perfect trades in the stock market. And we always get hung up on the fact that if we buy in at $100 and, and we sell it at $110, it's a lot of people will let it ruin their day, the fact that that stock went up to 111 But what did we do with JPM? We made a consistent, we made a profit on it. And we keep doing that over time and stock after stock after stock. Those are consistent profits. And uh, who cares if we didn't get the 6% in JPM? Because at the end of the year, there's just going to be a plethora of consistent gains that's going to add up to one big gain in our portfolio. And in the grand scheme of things, the 3% in JPM isn't going to make that much of a difference. But what will make a difference is avoiding these big pitfalls, these big losses by ignoring our stops and by just thinking that, ah, I can ignore it this once. I have not ignored a stop loss in ages, maybe in the last five, six. No, gosh, no. It's probably been over a decade since I ignored a stop loss. I just don't do it. You can't do it. And uh, if you do, it's going to be the end of you. Because if you do it once, it's going to be easy to do it twice and to do it three times. I don't. I 
take my stops every time. You have to. So that's my word of encouragement to you with trading going into tomorrow. Maybe we sell off. Maybe we keep this Trump rally going. Either way, let's manage the risk, okay? Great talking with you. I hope you learned something from it. And uh, let's get going with this trading tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of Swing Trading with Ryan Mallory. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Splash Zone where I navigate the financial markets every day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you'll get a seven-day trial, access to my trading room, and text and email alerts. So go ahead and sign up by going to shareplanner.com backslash splash zone. That's www.shareplanner.com backslash splash zone. And follow me at SharePlanner on Twitter and on SharePlanner's Facebook page, where I provide unique market and trading ideas every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me, ryan at shareplanner.com, or call the office at 321-522-6733. All the best to you, and God bless you.